Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Tate Frazier, and on the line, back in his home state in New Jersey, Mr. Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, Tate Frazier. I'm back in New Jersey. Yes, I need a, I need a security. My son won't even hang out with me back here in New Jersey because he's afraid of all the Doug Peterson people are going to shoot me, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to hurt little Dominic. You need to get on witness protection. They need to get you a spot. Well, I'm not far from West Cape May. Is there anybody you need me to look for? I can go down there. I can take. <laughs> it's so freaking cold, though. I don't know if I could make it. Go check to see if you can find Frank Lucas or someone like that. There's definitely some people down there. Yeah, I could find out where Amari was staying, and you know, like we could always just like look and see where all these people are. I mean, you know, it's pretty good. Not bad, but it's cold. I mean, you know, it's like the first weekend I I come back because I have to go to a funeral. It's like 25 degrees. It's like, now I know why I live in LA. Yeah. I don't think I could do that anymore. I'm going home in two weeks to North Carolina and I'm not ready for it. My mom, she's already been telling me. She's like, you're not ready for this cold weather. I don't even have a jacket. (laughs) You can come over to my house. I got plenty for you. You can borrow one of those. I lived in enough cold weather cities. (laughs) So, you know, like, what did we think last night? Were you happy with the Seattle performance? What were were your thoughts? Uh, that was tough. So last night, we obviously Seattle takes on uh, the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, I like those Cardinals jerseys. Um, but yeah, it was a really tough game. I want to ask you about, so Russell Wilson goes out in the third quarter. He takes a hit to the jaw. Yeah. Uh, Walt Anderson, the official, he ushers him out of the game. He goes to the tent. He's in the tent for, I mean, what, like six, seven seconds? About, about he didn't as even mu- go as, in the tent. Like, yeah. <laughs> he did, he went in it was there about, about like as a much minute. time as the, uh, the C- Seattle clock guy would run off when they make a run play. <laughs> exactly. you know? It's about that much, three, four seconds. Yeah, and he came right back out. Like, he just put himself back out there. Like, it was nothing. I, I, I don't know how he – I think he was pissed off he got sent to the tent, and then he was just like, look, I'm not. there's nothing wrong with me. I'm going back out there. Now, they're going to have to answer some questions, but he certainly didn't play like there was – I mean, he, you know, he called the plays. He acted like there was nothing wrong with him. I mean, all you got to do is to pass the test is show that you can communicate and talk. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a procedure. I'm not saying it's easy to go through it, but it's hard to bluff your way through it. So – with the whole concussion protocol, basically, if they find that they didn't follow it properly, let's let's say the NFL, you know, investigates the situation, they they say that they did not follow the protocol. Russell Wilson could be fined, you know, the team could be fined, but they could also well, the team will definitely get fined. You could also lose draft picks, right? That, that's on the table. For sure, for you this could. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, you could you could lose draft, but I, I think the first step would be fining. I mean, you would think that the commissioner, you know, with the with the power that he yields, you know, he would come down on this thing fairly significantly because he wants to make an example of it. He doesn't want anybody else to not, you know, go to the tent. I, the thing that was a little concerning for me was that Wilson just looked like he arbitrarily decided he didn't need to go in the tent. Yeah. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. I mean, and then after the game, he said all this stuff. He's like, I think Walt did a great job. You know, I just took a shot to the jaw. had nothing to do with, you know, my, a head injury. I was completely, you know, clear at the time. I knew I wasn't concussed, all this stuff. So, I don't know. It was pretty, That was probably the most interesting thing that happened. And then, obviously, well— Actually not. When Richard Sherman goes down with the Achilles injury, you know, they lose him for the season. He pretty much knew when it happened that his season was over. He was, you know, telling the teammates, telling the the other Seahawks that, uh, you know, he was pretty much done for the season. So that was tough to see, especially for a Thursday night game. Uh, For them to lose, you know, Sherman, what do they have moving forward? I mean, that's a big loss, obviously, for the Seahawks. Well, I mean, Jeremy Lane comes in, and, you know, obviously Griffin's playing really well. Coleman's a guy they get attacked in the slot all the time. So I thought it fascinating that, you know, he was on the sideline. I mean, every guy I've ever seen have an Achilles is always in a boot within a minute after the diagnosis. I mean, it's like they don't want that Achilles to roll up the ankle, not that I'm a doctor. So that was strange that he was stayed on the sideline, and he watched the game, and he went through it all. And fortunately, we're all good lip readers, so we found out about the injury, you know. And 
I felt bad for Heather Cox. I mean, she's down there and everybody's reading lips. But she's probably going to say, well, what do they need me for? I'm, I'm the sideline reporter <laughs> and everybody's reading lips. So it's not your fault, Heather. Anyway, so uh, let's do some picks let's do this some week. Games. I just want to make a disclaimer here. I, I, I eliminated any theories. Okay, so I ditched all the theories. No mm-hmm. more, hey, I think they played bad this week. They're going to play good. And I ditched all that. I just basically watched the tape and this is what I see from the tape and here's how we're going to go. So we'll start. So let's do it. This is Tape Talk with Mike Lombardi. Uh, first off, we got the Saints taking on the Bills up in Buffalo. This should be a fun game. I mean, these are two teams that have shown signs of being legitimate teams. Obviously, the Saints are on a win streak right now. What? It's six straight, right, for the Saints at this point? Right, six straight for the Saints, yeah. Wow. So this is a game. This is a game. This is like a reunion game. So McDermott was in Carolina for all those years competing against Sean, uh, yep. Sean Payton down there. So he knows him really well. He's had 10 days to prepare. There's two Bills. There's two Buffalo Bills teams. There's the Bills team on the road offensively, and there's the Bills team at home. And the home team is really more, much more effective. They're 4-0 at home this year, and they can run the football. The one Achilles heel to what the Saints have done defensively through their win streak has been their run defense, which is I thought Tampa would be able to exploit a little bit. But on the road this week, I think the rush of the Bills, which is a really good team, on at home with the crowd noise and the crowd being in the game, along with the Bills' ability to run the football effectively, I think this is the kind of a game that the Bills can win. I think the Bills play better at home. I think fought, they'll, they'll know how to play them. They've had more time to prepare. I think the Saints are – this doesn't mean if the Saints lose, they're not a good team because I think the Saints are a good team. But I think this is going to be a hard spot for the Saints to come through. I like the Bills in this game. I like it. Good pick there. Uh, next up, we have the Chargers going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I will say this. The Chargers, they seem to always beat the Jaguars. I think they're 7-2 and two in the all-time series. And uh, Phil Rivers tends to do well in these games. You know, this is another inter-squad game. So where you got Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, going against his former team, who and they play the both they both play the same style of defense, and both teams don't play run defense very effectively. What both teams do really effectively is rush the passer, create turnovers, and get after the quarterback. Now, where I think Jacksonville has the edge here is Jacksonville's pass defense is better than 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 Los Angeles's pass defense. I think Jacksonville will make this game one-dimensional for Phillip Rivers getting Darius back. I think they're very tuned to how they're going to stop the run and I think the pass rush in this game both teams I think this is going to be a really close game and anytime it's a close game I'm going to favor Jacksonville because I think Jacksonville likes these kind of games they're going to eliminate Blake Bortles from beating them this will be a turnover game and I think Rivers when he has to play faster now doesn't play nearly as well so I think the Chargers will struggle to protect I know that Jacksonville might struggle to protect, but I think in close games, ball protection matters. And then I, I, I really think the edge here is in the kicking game, and that goes to Jacksonville. The Chargers special teams have not been very good in terms of their coverage. If Travis Benjamin gets going, that's one thing. But I think this is going to be a, one of the edge for Jacksonville. I think this is a kind of a statement game for Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is the better team here, and I think Jacksonville will prove it out. Yeah, they need to prove that they really are the class of the AFC South. When Watson went out, everyone pretty much deferred to them as the team that would win that division. Right. I mean, they've outscored their opponents in the last two weeks, 50-7. to seven. Now, you know, mm-hmm. they've played some good football, and Bortles, as much as I make fun of them, has played better. But, I, you know, this is going to be Fournette's coming out. I think he'll run the football against a Charger unit you can run the ball on. And I think this plays perfectly into what Jacksonville wants to do. They want to run the football, and, San- and Los Angeles' run defense isn't very good. 
I'd watch out for Bosa. I feel like Bosa could do something to Bortles. Maybe a little strip sack or something. That's the oh, only way I, I see it happening. I definitely think so. Yeah. I, I, I think this game's going to come down to just for, when you before you look at the score, look at the turnover takeaway and count field goals in that too because that's going to determine who wins this game. Yep. Next up, we have the Houston Texans taking on the Los Angeles Rams out here uh, in L.A. at the Coliseum. I had tickets to the game, but I'm not going to go anymore, Lombardi. Well, I don't blame you, Tate Frazier. I don't blame you. I think this is one of those games where the Rams have been so good. I mean, obviously, they're the number one team in scoring. Look, this this Texan team's bad. They can't cover, and they really don't have great pass rush. And I think this plays perfectly to what the Rams want to do. Savage is a quarterback. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball effectively on them at all, on, on the on the Los Angeles Rams. I think it'll, they'll struggle. They'll struggle with protection. They'll struggle blocking Donald inside. I think this is a bad matchup for the Texans. I think the Rams really enjoy running the score up, too. That's the thing I think about the Rams. They're not going to slow down. They like getting the 50. They like putting 40 on people. And I think this is the perfect situation. They're not going to get a lot of rush from the from that. If they double Clowney, which they will, Whitworth, the left tackle, he'll be able to handle, handle Clowney at times in there. They'll help him out. And I think they'll throw the football down the field and make plays. This Texan team has really not been very good with all the injuries. And Watson was the deodorant. Remember, they gave up Seattle, our Seattle team that we were just making fun of, scored, you know, 40-some 40, 40 points on them last yeah. week on the road. So I like the Rams to win big here. Yep, yep. Well, good. Good for the Los Angeles Rams. Good for Sean McVay. They'll just keep it rolling. Uh, let's keep it moving, Lombardi. We're going to go to Minnesota. The Vikings taking on the Washington Redskins this weekend in D.C. You know, Vikings coming off a bye haven't been very good. I mean, they have they have struggled when they've played after a bye week, and you know they're one and six after a bye. And the one thing the Redskins don't do well is play two minute defense, and I don't see Case Keenum executing a two minute offense against them. Mm. I think this is two good defenses. I really like the Redskins teams, and I think the Redskins played really well last week. I think they'll be able to stop Minnesota's running game. I think they match up really well against Minnesota. They'll put pressure on Case Keenum. I think he could make some mistakes, and I like the Redskins' offense to move the ball just enough to win this game. The Redskins are a good home team. I think they can play well here in this spot. You know, they're better on the West Coast. I think they're undefeated on the West Coast so far this year. But, you know, this is a game, if they want to stay relevant, they want to stay in it, they can win this game. Minnesota's a good team. I think Washington's a good defensive team, and I think Washington can can prevail in the game because I think once you break it down and you really study it, coming off the bye, it's going to be a little harder to get in the groove for Minnesota. I mean, they weren't great when they played Cleveland over in London. They had a tough, tough time moving the football against the Browns defense. I think they'll have a tough time moving the ball here. Yeah, if I was uh, Case Keenum, I would watch out for DJ Swearinger and Josh Norman. I think they might you tee off them. on him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. I, I, I look. I think, I think the Redskins are. They play really good. I think if they get all their pieces back, especially in their offensive line, they could be better. But you know, for right now, they're kind of battled through. That was a gritty win last week in Seattle. I think it should carry over this week at home. Yeah, and it kind of got them over that mental hurdle of throwing away games late, where we, you know, and they almost right. did with Jimmy Graham getting that uh, hail mary at the end from Russell Wilson. But well, you know, look, they're not a good two minute team. I mean, you know, the defense for whatever it is, for some reason, they don't play well enough in two minute. But I don't see Minnesota being that. Ex- I think Minnesota wants to be more methodical with you know with the way they run the way they move their offense i i think this is the perfect situation for the redskin defense yep and uh the final game of the week the dallas cowboys go into atlanta to take on the falcons we'll see if the falcons can bounce back and you know we we had mentioned earlier in the week that this is probably going to be a statement game for that team to be able to see if they really want to turn this season around because right now it seems like they're reeling 
You know, look, since Christmas 2012 and 36 starts, Matt Ryan is 16-20 and 20 at home. I mean, they have not played well at home. And if you look at his numbers, he's two yards different in passing at home than he's been on the road. And I think they've struggled offensively. They're struggling defensively. Atlanta's just not playing very good right now. And I know Dallas doesn't have Zeke Elliott, but Dallas is playing pretty well. I think David Irving makes a huge difference for him inside. The, the uh, Demarcus Lawrence makes a huge difference for him outside. When they have Sean Lee, they're a better team. This, to mm-hmm. me, is a game the Clapper has to be able to come in and figure out a way to control the pace, limit Atlanta's offense, limit Julio Jones from making big plays. His numbers are down significantly at home this year. Limit the big plays and try to control the clock and be able to come out of this game and make the plays that they have to make. I mean, look, they don't have Elliott, so it's going to be hard. They're going to need to run Mars. But I think Dallas is a good team. I think Dallas's defense is better than people think it is. Their front seven's good. I think they can rush. I like Dallas to pull a mild upset. I know that Atlanta's got, you know, lost. They've lost at home to Buffalo. They've lost at home to other teams. But this is the best team Atlanta's going to play in a while, and I think Atlanta's going to struggle to move the ball effectively against them consistently. And, I, and Dak Prescott, to me, Looks like he still can put the team on his back and lead it, and so we'll see how it goes. And Terrence Williams really stepped up last week for him. I mean, Tony Romo yeah, mentioned really that in the time. broadcast. He was like, this is a guy that they need him to step up and be a possession receiver, so Dak has someone he can rely on. And Terrence Williams showed it last week. We'll see if it can carry over. Uh, one other thing to watch in that game, I mean, just from a wild card implication, you know, obviously Dallas is playing, you know, they're, they're you know behind the Eagles in their division. Atlanta, you know, they have the Panthers and the Saints to deal with. So there's some big wild card implications. So if Atlanta falls in this game, I mean, it, it would be a tough road to the playoffs after going to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, look, I mean, you know, the one thing is it's us against the world now, Dallas. I mean, they, they know they've lost Elliott. There's no more appeals left. they got to find a way to move the football without Elliott in the game. I know it's going to be difficult. I know it'll be a challenge, but they do have a lot of skill. They do have good players on their team that they can move the football. They're just going to have to modify how they do it. And Atlanta isn't like a defense that you go, well, they can't do this or they can't do that. I think it'll. I think they'll struggle to handle this front of that, the offensive line of Dallas. And Dallas can win. Good lines win on the road. That's why I think Dallas can still win, even though they don't have Elliott. Yeah, that's uh, it'll be interesting. That that whole saga has <laughs> I can't believe it's week ten and we're still talking about Ezekiel Elliott and you know. His I don't think we're going to be talking about him anymore, Tate Frazier, because yeah. I think that's over. You can't do anything. You can't. He can't do anything there. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, those were five games to watch this weekend for Mike Lombardi. This has been another Saturday sit-down of GM Street, and uh, we will be back Sunday night. You'll be calling in Sunday night from New Jersey, right? You bet. I will be. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be awake too, Tay Frazier. Don't worry. I can't uh, wait. I stayed awake last I was impressed with myself. My son said I wouldn't do it. I stayed awake for the entire game last night, plus the 76ers meltdown against the Kings Oof, in tough. Sacramento. I watched the end of that game too, and they melted down at the end. Hey, but the Kings are playing better, though. Don't don't get they too really down are. on yourself. The Kings, got not, the Kings were. I mean, look, the, the, you watched the game, and, and Cauley Stein blocked Embiid's mm-hmm. shot. I mean, Embiid's mm-hmm. out of shape. I mean, there's no doubt. He was struggling <laughs> to breathe at the end of the game. And my man Jackson from North Carolina played well in Justin the game. Jackson, he's been he's he turned it around. Well in the game, and, yep. and Fox hit the Fox hit the game winner. I mean, Fox came in. They were they, they played off of him to, to lure him into shooting, and he made the play. So. It was a good game. It was fun. I mean, a thing disappointing is the Sixers played against Sacramento, who has the worst offense in the NBA, mm-hmm. and they gave up 109 points, yeah. or 108, whatever it was. Brett Brown's got to convince them to start playing defense. I don't know when that's going to yeah, happen. Well, I, I think the real issue is, is because they, they because of their conditioning, they're tired. I mean, I think Embiid was tired at the end of the game. There's, he was huffing and a puffing. Yeah. Put Justin Anderson in the game. That's some energy. Yeah. 
That's what we want. He That's has our a guy. lot of energy. I don't know why they don't play him more minutes. I really do. I like that kid. Yeah, they will soon, I hope. Uh, well, that's been GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Thank you, Mr. Mike Lombardi. All right, Tate Fraser. I'll see you Monday.